Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck the coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck the coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. This old boy in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how to really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe, Roger to go and get it. Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back. He gets shiesty in the pocket, I get shiesty on the track. Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap. Most all around team in the NFL, that's all facts. And came across nobody yet, it seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff. Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend. Right behind them, Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just drafted Cam and drafted Hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field. We can't go back to what we was because that's the loser way. It's been hard Welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. I am Delum and joined by Hooday Joe and Parker Blake. Parker Blake 60 on Twitter. Check him out. Big thanks coming. Chatterbox Sports for our man. Post game show. Crushing it. New background. Beautiful Cincy hat. Just a beautiful man. The beard's on point. Is that what is that? Alex Kappa jersey. Yes, sir. Oh my gosh. Our man is just beautiful. We love him so much. We're happy to have him here with us tonight. And happy to have you all in the chat here on a lovely Saturday night. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Dream, man. I don't know. I feel like I brought some energy there. I didn't have to. I, no, you did. I don't you know where it came from. I'm done now. 
I've been like it. in the I've been in the Madden grind all day. I finally got it yesterday. <laughs> oh, I just tweeted out and asked if it was any good. So that's a good place to start. No, I mean I I've enjoyed it. Um coverage is garbage. Um I was I played a little game against the Browns, you know, preparing for week one, and it was like a 120 point total game because oh my god DBs couldn't cover anything, but neither they couldn't cover me either. So how is the have you got to play any of the training camp games yet? Um well so I started a career just barely and they have like a little combine that you do. You do like the bench press, the 40, the shuttle. That's different too. Yeah. I thought they had like the mini games back. I saw like I remember the mini games. I was gonna do the mini games ago tonight. So I'll I'll keep you posted. Don't worry. All right, because I love that, and they took them away, and I've been so mad. And then somebody's like, "I think they're bringing it back this year," and I saw they're bringing them back, and I was like, "Them sons of bitches are gonna make me buy the game again." (laughs) Now that's a good question. Antoine's like, "Take it off, rookie, dude." What? What what difficulty you on? I'm an all Madden guy, so I mean, I, I ain't me. I will say I played my career in rookie because you know I want to like break every record known to man. So, but when I play, I play an all Madden. What is beyond rookie? Like, what's the next step up? It's like pro? rookie, pro, all pro. All pro. Yeah, I might play pro maybe if that, and I still don't like win that that much. I have to. I have a, I have a couple ex players that'll hit me up to play every now and then, so I have to keep my game on point. So I gotta play a little. Did hard. you just say that you have a couple ex players? You got it. <laughs> I'm. I'm getting it. We haven't. <laughs> my ex players. No, no, real player. I'm not that well, cool. All right. I was, all right, I was right. like, this man just on there playing with like Zeus. He's like, yeah, Willie man. Anderson hits me up sometimes. Well, me and Chad yeah, we'll we'll go back and forth every now and then. Yeah. I was like, good lord, I gotta break the graphic out for that. <laughs> that was a that was a pre-graphic elation then. Yeah, I got a little excited. <laughs> That's on me. That's on me. Well, it's on us too, but we both kind of was like, and then it was we were yeah. both like, we're getting that graphic. Oh, I was getting the graphic, but I saw I saw your hand moving. I'm like, I oh, mean, that's yeah. probably been like at least a month or so since we played that graphic. So maybe we needed to dust it off anyways. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it was stored in there. You gotta you gotta let it out, you know. Yeah. Exactly. We I were, mean, good. I was just gonna say we were saying before uh, before you joined. I was like that backdrop you got in the new house is amazing. That is literally. I Are was about saying? to call out. I was about to call out the picture. I was like, he's even the picture is the, the picture <laughs> is the chase doing that. That that's what yeah. caught my eye, and I was about to say that new office, new me. You know, gotta gotta show it off a little bit. It looks it's the only picture I have, so I have to put it everywhere. And then I want to put my uh, Volson jersey over here. I got like a retro Volson jersey when I was out there. For Ooh, those I bet that looks get signed. Oh, that's the guess. That's the plan. When the I'm white or the black too. retro? You should have melted up to Bengals and Bourbon earlier in the summer. He told just, me this. Send it to him because they have that thing going on in August yeah, or whatever. I'll be there too. Whatever. But I want to. I want to do it. I want to be there. I want to get uh, it done. Yeah. Like it's not the same. Well, yeah. he got my Clark Harris sign and to my best friend and everything. I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. You, you get it. Appreciate it. I don't I'm think not I getting a Carmen jersey just to get that out of the way. Not getting a Carmen. Saw that pop up. Got to got to kill that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might be able to get game worn Carmen jerseys uh, for uh, like fifty bucks here. Well, and- like I uh, I posted that uh, Billy Price one I saw for auction that like the minimum bid was twenty and there was zero bids on it. <laughs> Brutal. Poor guy. 
We have we have a friend that is friends with Billy Price, so we try to not hate on him. Too. No, I, I I'm not hating on Billy Price. I just saw it. I, I honestly I put I put a bid in. I put a bid in for twenty. I put a bid in for fifty, and then it what? shot on up. Oh, there you God. go. You started this. See, um, yeah. you showed the Billy Price love. Yeah. Hey, he's still hanging around. I think yeah, he just got playing. a little bit of an injury, is what you know when he signed, and then or he didn't pass the physical or something because of an injury. I think he's actually going to probably re-sign. Where was that? New Orleans or somewhere? I can't remember exactly who he signed with and then got dinged up. Yeah, um, either know. way, I think he'll be back. He's been making rosters. Oh, it was New Orleans. He's been a solid little, you know, depth guy and he came in and, and had to play yeah. some. He looked he good that first year as a, a center for us, and then it just didn't yeah. work out. He did tape because he was a first rounder. You know. And that's the thing, man. Is Jackson Carmel going to go somewhere and all of a sudden it's just going to click for him? That happens too. Like, yeah. What we're hoping for Orlando, right? He's going to come over and just sync up with Volson and the boys and get rolling. Go from pro bowl to all pro. You know, yeah, that's exactly. that would be his next oh, yeah. step. Um, I do. We'll get more into O line here in a minute. Obviously, having the great O line guru and Parker Blake on with us, but I just want to start right at the top. Right, uh, position by position, we'll go offense and we'll have an extended O-line segment and then we'll try to get to defense. So just kind of what we've seen from the Atlanta game yesterday, the quarterback battle, uh, non-battle battle, I, what even is it at this point? They bring it in an outside guy. I thought Browning definitely outplayed Simeon. Yeah. Simeon came in earlier, so he had more of the second team O-line guy. And he had John Williams, who's a starter playing at right tackle. And he was only – Simeon was 7 for 14 for 62 yards. It looked like he got happy feet immediately the moment he thought there was pressure. I thought – on the first drive, I thought, oh, Simeon looked good on that drive, and I tweeted that. I wish I could recant that statement because after that, the man did nothing. He looked awful after that first exactly. drive. The rest of the half, he looked awful. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It was trash. It was a trash performance by Simeon, and that's two weeks in a row, trash performances by him. Browning. Four carries, 50 yards, a lot of that on that drive that uh, took the lead and then ended up being a game-tying drive ultimately. And 16 for 22, but only 140 yards. To me, Browning clearly outplayed him. If you said yep. you got to pick one of them, to me, number two right now is Browning. But uh, I'll start with uh, Parker and then kick it up to you, Joe. What are your thoughts on the, the two guys there, and then would you bring in an outside guy, and do you think the Bengals will? I thought – I don't think they will because that doesn't feel very Bengals to me no. uh, personally. Um, I think as far as the battle goes, I've always been pretty high on Browning ever since he came out. Um, and I think he looks a lot more patient in the pocket and he keeps his eyes downfield really well. He just kind of sits in there and is willing to make stuff happen. We saw him rushing in the fourth quarter. Um, he just kind of wants to be in there and make plays. I know people talked about him trying to do too much. Um, but like you said, I think Simeon just kind of has happy feet and gets a, little, a lot more nervous back there and just tries to force stuff, which – I don't like, so I'm, I'm on the same train. I'm a, Browning is my number two right now, and I don't think they're going to bring anybody else in. Yeah, I don't have a ton to add. I think I have been impressed that Browning has looked more talented physically than Simeon. Um, I think that's pretty clear. But Simeon, I expected to make a lot better decisions him being in the, the league for a while with a lot of starting experience. And that's what's been really surprising to me about Simeon. I was just like, dude, like, 
we know you're not going to be launching 60 yard bombs, but like we expect you to make the right decisions and know when to hang in the pocket, when to throw it away, when to check down. And it's just been bad against backups. It's like either way, I keep saying it. I try not to look too much into the backup competition because I'm like, if we have to go to one of these guys, we are fucked. Yeah. So I do give the slight edge to um, Browning, but it wouldn't surprise me if Simmons still wins just because he has more starting experience. That's a great point, though. Like, I mean, usually you see these vet guys come in and they look a lot more poised. They just process a lot better. And Simi just doesn't – he doesn't look experienced, which is interesting. That's something yeah. Just, yeah, I've noticed over the last couple of weeks. I, I agree. I think you guys are spot on with that. Um, I've seen something about they wish during Thompson Robinson. Yeah, he's looked good. Um, Derek's losing his mind. He thinks he should be the starter in Cleveland already. He was saying the other day in our Bengals and first group chat – Joe tried to tell me he's getting a little too far ahead of himself there, you know. Yeah. But he has. I would have loved to get him to Antoine that said that in the chat. And then Stetson Bennett, no, I'm – and Stetson went in like the third or fourth round. I thought that – you know, I know he's looked good and whatever at Georgia, but I, I'm i not – I don't personally even just like looking at his face, so I'm glad he's not on the team. <laughs> he has a pun- very punchable face to me. I'm sorry. I just don't want that on the team. They all I just do. don't want it. <laughs> I do wish we could have a backup, though. We talked about that the other day. That just we felt comfortable that hey, if they had to come in and and play a fourth quarter to win a game, or you know, oh, Burr's got a minor injury, and they, you know, a game you wouldn't feel like, well, this is an automatic loss because we don't have right. Burrow. It just would be nice to have a guy that we felt like could do something. And out of the two, at least Browning can scramble. And that's what I've said. Like, give me a mobile guy. Give me somebody who can run a little bit. And at least Browning can do some of that a little more than Simeon. So I give him the edge. But, yeah, if I keep I keep going back to, like, a Malik Willis. But now Will Levis is injured. Malik Willis is playing the entire game for the Titans tonight. Uh, He's currently number two on their depth chart over Levis in Tennessee. I but that. I would love to have Malik Willis for Jackson Carmen trade straight up. Give me my quarterback, too, to develop with some legs on him and, and he's got a cannon. He just doesn't, he throws a lot of interceptions. Yeah. And then Fiji here saying, Brandon, we got Brandon Allen. We got multiple Brandon Allen's like, guys, guys, we're just adding a third pile of dog shit is what I said earlier. <laughs> right now, the quarterback competition is two piles of dog shit. Yeah. Brandon Allen, you're on a third pile of dog shit. It's still. What's Ryan shit. Finley doing? <laughs> <laughs> like, Oh man, I sometimes a guy leaves and we're like, Oh well, we, I wish we had him. What did Brandon Allen do when he was get, he didn't do it? He sucked too. Yeah. Sorry, he did. Would you guys want Brandon Allen back over these two guys? Maybe you feel different. No, I mean I think you made a I think you made a great point. I think one of the most underrated traits of like a backup type quarterback is you want a guy that can keep things interesting. Maybe he's not gonna run the exact same offense that you know Joe Burrow is running. But if you can get a guy, especially a guy that's mobile and a guy that can still, you know, make some plays with his arm, like you're at least going to keep the game interesting. You're not going to be forced to just, you know, run the ball for an hour. So I think that's a great point that you made. Just when you're looking at a backup guy, you don't want like a Tom Brady as your backup. I mean, you want Tom Brady, but you don't want like a yeah, yeah, you, pocket, want Tom Brady. you don't want like a pocket passer, immobile guy that's just going to sit there because they're not going to dissect at the same level as a starter. You want a guy that can, you know, make some plays, make some stuff happen out of. Yeah, and that I'll let you go, Joe. But I think that's fair here. Fiji wanted to clarify. He doesn't want him back. He just could see the Bengals like bringing him back because 
Neither guy's been that impressive. We'll start backpedaling now. You already said what you said. <laughs> you said what you said, VG. You love Brandon Allen, and you have a tattoo of Brandon Allen's face on your butt. Oh. Like Derek likes Drew Sample. <laughs> uh, yeah, Drew Sample. Um, I got. We'll get to him. The what these last two preseasons have made me really start thinking about is not that I'm you know projecting or breaking down next year's draft. But I think that could be a position of need if we pick up an extra draft pick and do a late round. You know, like we kept talking about punter, um, you know, this this past draft. And that's exactly what happened. We picked up an extra draft pick and I could see next year being like, hey, we can't keep on rolling through these dog shit backup plans because if Joe goes down, we're screwed. Like we need someone that we can develop. That's going to be our long, longer term backup. And that's going to be more reliable. So that's uh, kind of what I'm thinking, but let's just uh, protect Joe at all costs. And they were interested this year, to be fair to the Bengals. They were interested in Dorian Thompson Robinson. They brought him in for a visit. They, they put out a contract, all reports to Cooper rush from Dallas and yep. he re-signed in Dallas. It was a competitive offer that they made to him to be the backup. Yeah, so, Cooper Rush would have been a great one. And then you wouldn't have had to worry about it, right? You signed him to like a three-year deal, and you got a backup for Joe that you don't have to worry about this revolving door of guys. But they have like Jake Browning, so maybe it will be Browning. And like I said, he threw an awful interception, but I don't care. I honestly, even when he threw it, I was like, he's trying to force and make a play there because they're losing and it's the fourth quarter. And then he, boom, there he led that drive after that. <laughs> that play where he had to like do a spin move scramble. That's all because I'm sure you've watched it, Parker. Is because Carmen got smoked. Yeah. <laughs> smoked on the right side. I'm just like, or the left side. Um, oh my God. He got beat so badly. I mean, Brown, uh, Browning made, made the most of it, but oh, yeah. So we're going, we're all right. Let's move on to running right, back because we're going to keep bringing in O line talk. We just can't help but do it. I mean, especially the best because, topic, bro. It's the best. Well, topic. and mm-hmm. there's a lot of meat on that bone to oh, talk yeah. about. Um, but Chris Evans, I said I'm comparing it to like a toxic relationship. I just, but I just can't leave it. Like that's what I feel like with Chris Evans. Um, rushing was terrible. Maybe that goes along with the O line once again. Two yards per carry. It was like two and two point one, literally, for him and Chase Brown. So no run game right now. But Evans added two catches for 20 yards. I mean, literally right away, it was like he was lined up in the slot and got a catch for a first down. It's I, He's good when he plays out in the slot and that receiver. He makes plays constantly. And then he also had a really good kick return. So it's like I just always see enough out of him. And there's some talk that maybe he is going to be the pass down guy because yep. it's pass catching and they think he's blocking better. Yep. So do you guys have any thoughts? I mean, Chase Brown, he's obviously – I think he's going to be on the roster – Travion's injury, I think, is kind of pushing him down the depth chart right now, and that's no fault of his own. But that's kind of where things are at. And then what you guys, especially the thoughts on Chris Evans, because I just fall in love with him every preseason. Yeah, I'll let Joe kick that one off. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I've never been more surprised at a a guy turning around from the beginning of the offseason to to now late offseason on Chris Evans, like I thought he was just dead in the water. He's getting cut when, you know, as soon as it wasn't even beginning of the offseason, as soon as we took Chase Brown, I said, Chris Evans is gone. He has zero chance to make this team. 
And there was, you know, I've, I've said it a couple of times on this show, but you know, there's been uh, shots of different drills and OTAs where he's not following the directions on very basic drills, like go to the corner, make your cut. And he's the only one of the running backs that doesn't go to the, go to the coat. And it's just like stuff like that. And he gets a lot of preseason long runs that get called back because he's not following the play. So the linemen are out of position. So they have to hold. And he has looked a lot better. Um, and all the real positive reports from a pass blocking perspective, like Dale already mentioned in, in the receiving game, I'm like, shit. I think he might make it like he, he might beat out Travion, which I would love to see him. I mean, I've, he's shown flashes. Um, I like Travion too, of course, it's nothing against him. Um, but I would love for Chris Evans to just get out of his own way and um, put it all together. Cause I think that's been the biggest thing holding him back is just mental mistakes. We all know he's talented. Like it's just these mental mistakes. Um, but yeah. And then, like you said, not, nothing much else to add from like a rushing perspective because there was just nowhere to go. Parker, you have anything? Yeah, I I have a hard time with Evans because, I mean, really what we're looking at is what's Evans or Williams for RB3 is really yep. what it comes down to because um, obviously Brown's going to make it. Um, I think he looks better anyway. Um, but like you said, it's Evans just has this like tendency to just do his own thing. And again, there's – Nothing wrong with being a creator, especially as a running back in the NFL, but you have to give the play a shot before you create. Like you right. can't be running like inside zone to the left, grab the ball and go to the right sideline. Like it's right. not that's not how that works. It's never gonna pan out well. Even if you make the break run, like you said, we're gonna get holding calls, it's gonna come back. Yep. Right. And I think what it's gonna end up coming down to is do they value the explosiveness that he has to offer? Or maybe even as a returner. I mean we can we, maybe we can talk about that later, but or do they value kind of what Williams can bring and he's going to do his job. They know he's going to be consistent. They know what they're going to get out of him, and he's better as a pass blocker. So Also, he took over the kick return last year when Evans went in the doghouse too. Right. So Travion so has they, that If role. it comes down to like they can both return at a, at a similar level, then it's like, oh, well, we don't really need the explosiveness. We're getting that out of these – maybe these new receivers. Maybe Irv's providing more than they anticipated. Then it's like, why would we not go with Travion? Because we know he can block better. We know he can. He know we know what he's going to do when we try to run the ball with him. So I, I still think there is a place for all four potentially if Chris if they trust Chris enough. Like you guys said, I agree with that. That's always been the issue um, that they could keep four. But then are you going? You're going light at either wide receiver. Well, it's not light at wide receiver, but going six instead of seven, where potentially is Stanley Morgan, which we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. doesn't make and they love him on special teams or do you go with nine O linemen instead of 10, which we'll also talk about in a minute. I think that's what the roster battles for the offensive side are going to come down to is those spots, six or seven receivers, three or four running. But I think they're only keeping three tight ends. I, I think they're going to have a tough time picking the three tight ends because none of them stand out beyond Irv Smith to me, but uh, that's why I think it is three because no one's really separated themselves in that. Yeah, group. it could could be it's just evan shows the flashes and and we'll see but yeah um, i i think chris evans just has to you know outside of the preseason games he's got to be consistent in practice and he's yep. got to stop with the bonehead mental mistakes and i think the job is his if he can do that i i think he's gonna win it but 
He's been in the doghouse a lot. So we'll <laughs> every see. time we think it's his time, right? He'll yep. go out and he'll make a play. He'll even catch a touchdown and then he he don't play again for right. four weeks. Because it's like, well, he also during that game did this, this, or this that right. completely fucked something up. Yep. And the coaches just it drives them crazy, clearly. Um moving on to wide receivers. Greg is now one short of winning the bet for a stadium beer inside the game beer. And you notice that those taste better because they cost $10. <laughs> so I said 10 catches overall for Yoshi. The over-under is nine and a half. He gets 10. Greg wins. He's at nine. So he's right knock, knocking on the door. One of those was for a loss yesterday, by the way. I feel like that catch shouldn't count, but it counts. <laughs> it's still a catch. It's still a catch. For the record, we didn't have nothing about positive yardage catches, so it counts. Um, five catches, 44 yards. I mean, the guy's 6'3". He's got good speed. I think he's everything you want in a receiver. I don't know how much he plays this year because Trenton Irwin's also played well. Yeah. Um, Chuck Sizzle. Chuck Sizzle is heating up was my dad joke last night. Chuck Sizzle is heating up. Four catches, 36 yards. I didn't think he looked good week one. It was a guy that we were like, he needs to show something, please. We yeah. know he's talented. He's either too injured with that torn labrum or whatever, and he needs to stay out, or he needs to show something. And he showed something. I, I think he ran good routes. He made some tough catches. He made third down catch. Like, So he showed. And then uh, also a receiver to me was Shedrick Jackson, baby, with a little breakout game. Bo Jackson's nephew from Auburn. Four catches, 42 yards. Not gonna make not gonna make the roster. We've already got a deep battle going on there, but perfect guy you want to get to the practice squad has all the tools. Uh, allegedly, he ran a four two something forty at the Auburn Pro Day or somewhere. Damn. So that was like with those traits and skills. Even if it's not four two and it's in the four threes, hey, that's phenomenal. And he made catch after catch, and he looked pretty solid. So anybody at receiver that stood out to you guys, anybody you guys want to talk about. And then ultimately, does Stanley Morgan make it as a seventh guy? Because I don't see Yoshi going anywhere. I think he solidified the sixth spot. Parker, I'll yeah. let you start. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, first off, it's good to it's good to see. I mean, it's hard to call it a bounce back, but it's good to see the bounce back from Chuck Sizzle. You know, everyone you know, came into week one and was kind of like, yeah, after he'd shown some great stuff in practices, and it's good to see him, you know, starting to produce more um, this on Friday or yesterday. Um, and then I think Yossi Vosh, you know, big body and some guys and re really using that body and using matchups to maximize his production has been great. I mean, he's done a, done a great job. And if you take away, you know, there's that stat after week one, you know, when you drop it down to catchable targets opposed to just overall targets. I mean, he made a crazy number of catches. And then if he catches that touchdown week one, he's five for six um, of catchable targets. So, I mean, he's been a very really reliable guy he's doing a lot of good things um i've always been a big fan of stanley morgan full back i think we all time. are to be fair right. i don't want to knock stanley's great yeah great blocker great yeah. uh special teams guy yeah and it, that's where it's just it's starting to start getting hard with some of these guys especially these guys that have been in the in the system for a while where it's are you do we want to keep you around just as a role player or can we replace that well enough or are you not really producing anything you know, outside of just that smaller role that we can, you know, justify keeping you around for. Like, what's these conversations are going to come down to? So, I know the wide the wide receiver battle is hard because there's just a lot of they have a lot of talent in that room right now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I would have predicted 
the opposite for Yosivash Yos- Yos- and uh, Chuck Sizzle as far as how the off seasons have gone. I thought uh, Yosivash would be a lot slower starting out, and you know Chuck Sizzle would would be you know rock solid. I've been really, really impressed with Yosivash. Like he was a freaking. He's looking like he might have been a steal. Yeah. Um, like. I knew that he was a great athlete. That was clear, but it was he was in the Ivy League and we knew the 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 competition wasn't great. So it's just like it's going to take him time to catch up to to playing at an NFL level, but he has looked great so far. Um I think he has solidified his spot on the team. Um Shedrick Jackson, yeah, I think a lot would have to break for him to make the 53 or some sort of injury. Go ahead. I think both of those guys are practice squad. Antoine yes. just says Joe's mentioning. Jackson. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah. We fell in love with Kwame Laster and Kendrick Pryor last year. Um, they've looked very good, but you know, they're, they're still very raw and we, we always have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, these preseason games when we're playing against second, third string guys or guys that aren't even going to make the team. Um, You know, I never get too excited about big preseason performances um, because it's not just that, that, that counts as far as the total evaluation process. Well, I mean, I do think though, right now, I think Jackson, you know, he showed something last night though, maybe potentially overlap, but I think there's, with these expanded practice squads, you've got room for, for both guys on the practice squad. Yep, so. I agree. Anything else with the receivers before we move on to tight end? I just think we're excited that uh, we have Chuck Sizzle to replace, you know, filling that slot role. And now I think Yossi Vosh has shown that he can be that outside guy. And so yep. really uh, they got- do you, do you want to have the conversation, Parker, Ooh. about being the outside guy? Uh, do you pay T $25 million per year when you know you got to pay Jamar and there's only so much money to go around? Or do you no, want to have this I one? I think that's where the money goes, man. I, I, I'm a big T guy. I'm a big, I am everyone loves Jamar. I mean, they're staying. I don't know why he would break up the band. doesn't make any sense, especially in the AFC when they're competing for the AFC I think team. Yoshi more likely is going to fill the Trenton Irwin role after this yeah. season, personally, because Probably. I think Trenton – he just looks good every time, and he makes plays. Four touchdowns last year. We touched on this yesterday. Yep. I think if Trenton just has another solid season, somebody's going to sign him to be a two or three on their team after this Absolutely. season. He's going to get a, a little bit of a nice payday. It might not be huge, but it might be more than he's ever made. You know, Somebody might say, hey, we'll give you three years, $15 million or something. Hey, okay, I'll take that yeah. over basically that minimum he's been making. And then I think Yoshi fills that spot. And I think, but, and I think that's how it's looking for both sides there. I'm with you, man. I want the T deal. It needs to get done is the problem. Like, I think the farther it goes, the more stressed I get about it because of the agent and because the same agent as Jesse Bates. And then if you go to franchise tagging him after this season, then you're going down the same route. So that's my only concern. But I do ultimately still think the T deal gets done. But I said if it doesn't get done by week one, my opinion's likely going to change that they plan on signing him or that it gets done. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited about Yosivash. I am not ready to say that he is ready to be the starting outside guy. I would be scared shitless if that was our plan. T is special. Jamar went down and T took over. 
Yep. You're not Yoshi is not going to take over a game like T was able able to take over games. Not yet. He's simple. still TBD. We don't make the Super Bowl without both Jamar and T. We don't make the AFC 100%. Championship game last year without both of them. I I I am fully on board. I just some people talk about the money and the pieces of the pie, as Mike Brown says. Right. So how does the pieces of the pie fit? But I'm really hoping that both. T and Jamar are here for a long, long time. And we just got to cross our fingers that the reason the Burrow contract's taking so long is because he's holding out for T. You know, that's what I keep Something. telling myself every night. So I <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's little things. I think it's the structure of the deal type stuff. I mean, Justin Herbert shouldn't have taken as long as it did because he hasn't done near what Joe's done, yeah. leading a team wise to the places that he's led him. Mm-hmm. And his he was still one of the last before Joe. So I think quarterback contracts. It'll get done. It'll get done. I'm not going to worry about Joe. T's the one. I just want it to get done. Please get done. Get it done. Tight end. Concussed was Tanner Hudson, and that sucks because he looked really good the week yep. before, and I was ho- I that I don't know what that's going to mean because I'm sure they want to see a little more out of him, and how long does that linger? Hopefully we see him back out of practice, and we see him may a little bit in week three. And he makes a few catches, and they say, bam, roster spot lock. Because I really like Tanner Hudson. Drew Sample, and this is for Crip Keeper. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it now, Crip. Drew Sample is tight end number two. Not only is he tight end number two. This is this is for the Bengals. This isn't, I wouldn't have him as tight end number two for the record. But he's going to catch the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. <laughs> calling it now. Drew Sample... Is Derek in your in your headset or something? No, it's just what's going to happen because everyone knows how I personally feel. So it's just destined to happen. I just can see it. Now, Asiasi, I think he had like one catch. Uh, he's Maybe you can speak on his blocking, Parker, a little bit more. But I have just not seen enough out of that guy that I, I would rather have Hudson because Irv Smith can catch passes as our number one guy. That's not going to be Drew Sample. It's not going to be Asiasi. If if Irv Smith has to miss a game or two, give me Tanner Hudson who can fill in and have a little bit of production offensively. So what's your guys' overall thoughts on tight end and how great is Drew Sample? Yeah, uh, Ossie Ossie has struggled in the run game. And then if he's not producing in the past game, it's he like – He never what? does. He never yeah. does produce in the past like game. Like when we first brought him on, I was like, oh, well, you know, he's, maybe he's a good run game guy. He's going to be a good blocker, you know. He's not going to be a high production guy, but he's just going to help us get that get the ball in when we're in the red zone or we're in the short yardage situations. And he has struggled, and it's it's hurt to watch at times. And so I I'm having a harder and harder time rooting. I like this <laughs> <laughs> for the podcast listeners. Aussie Aussie is Aussie Aussie. He gone. That was good, Antoine. That was good, Antoine. But yeah, I just uh, he's not producing on like either side of the coin right now, so I don't know how he finds a spot unless he really flashes. Um, but yeah, I think he's, he's kind of off the, off the radar at this point. And then samples making it, herbs making it. Um, I love Hudson. So, I mean, I'm, I'm all in. That's my three. I think they only keep three just because like, it's like we talked about earlier, they're not really getting a lot of production out of any of them. Really? They're yeah. not, no one's really flashing. No one's really separating themselves in a positive way. It's really just been Aussie Aussie separating himself in a negative way. So and if they do go four, I think that'll be a tough decision when Wilcox is ready to go, maybe yeah. after six weeks on pub. Yeah. 
What are your thoughts, Joe, on tight end? I don't have much to add. I, I think all have been fairly underwhelming. Um, I have like like what I've seen from Hudson. I'd, I'd be surprised if a concussion would um, cost him a spot unless it's really prolonged. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Asi Asi is uh, – is probably the uh, the odd man out there, but don't have don't have too much more of that. And why the people are all here to listen to the O line guru? We are going to get into O line now. Our starters: Brown, Volson, Karras, Cap, and Jonah Williams. I don't think that's in debate anymore. And I want Parker to take his fucking victory lap because he has wanted Jonah Williams at right tackle. It wasn't a and, want. I knew he was going to be there, Dale. I knew he was going to be there. Never a doubt. And Cash you knew it. he could play it well. You thought yeah. he would fit. Well, you've said that. You've said that on this show multiple times. And um, so I am – How? Well, we'll just start with Jonah, and then we'll get into a lot more. So how did you think Jonah played? Because he's the only starter that played some, and he was playing at right tackle in his first game action in the NFL at right tackle. Yeah, so I uh, I went through to watch. So I watched the game last night, just kind of like half, half, half awake after our game, um, just to kind of get a vibe for how everything was going. And then I did my broadcast rewatch where I took all those clips, um, like I do every week. And I actually had to go back a third time just to watch Jonah because he didn't really, he didn't really show up. Which honestly isn't bad for a guy in a new spot because he wasn't. He might not have been flashing, but he wasn't like making any egregious errors. He wasn't you know, blowing assignments. He wasn't, he was just doing his job. And I, I was more interested in watching these other guys. Honestly, after the first drive, I forgot he was in there. And I was just <laughs> focusing on some of these other guys that were, you know, crapping their pants or missing jobs and whatever, <laughs> there was, whatever. There else was a happened. lot of that. I, yep. I had to, I had to go Hard. back and, you know, watch Jonah just specifically to really get a feel. Cause I knew people were going to be asking me about him. So I think he did a great job. I think he did his job. He didn't really go above and beyond, but I think it was more of, you're not going to see that out of a starter, especially when he's the only guy out there that's a starter because he's just trying to get knock the rust off, work in that new spot, right. really you know, feel better about where he's at. So I, I think he did a great job for a preseason game. What so with that kind of switch, you know, going from left to right, what is the biggest adjustment that that he's going through? And any are 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 his I guess any downfalls that you're seeing, are they directly, do you see them directly tied to just switching positions? Um, I don't know if that, that question made sense, but no, yeah, you're good. No. So, I mean, so the biggest things that I was watching for, um, cause what I expect, you know, when you're switching from tackle to tackle is, you know, get into your spot and pass protection. So just, it's one of those things from left to right, where when you're working the left all the time, you kind of get used to where that spot is, where you're trying to beat the, the edge rusher too um and just kind of working and getting familiar with how that feels and getting there on your right side and i think that looked fine i was also worried and this is gonna sound dumb but when you're on the left when you're on the left your inside hand's obviously your right hand and if you're right-handed yep. your right hand your dominant hand you got a stronger punch right. so him being you know getting beat beat inside a lot last year I was watching to see, you know, was he going to have a good punch? Is he going to favor that left side and kind of be a little light going outside so he can protect the inside a little better? And honestly, I thought you know, play strength-wise and especially with that inside hand that I was paying attention for, I think he looked fine. Honestly, like everyone's been saying, it looked pretty seamless to me. I didn't see it. People are going to hate to hear that, but I didn't see much difference from technically what I saw last year from him 
to what he was doing in the preseason game. Honestly, it looked like he was processing really well. And he was kind of, it looked like he was slow playing it and being really patient. And that's something that I think he, he kind of got sped up a lot last year facing all these good rushers that he did yeah. as he does in the division. And it was good to see him kind of get in that preseason environment against the Falcons, even if it was their ones or whoever was out there. He was kind of taking a little slower and making sure he felt right, making sure everything, you know, was lining up. And so that's what that was the two big things I looked for. I think the run game is pretty it is what it is. Um, switching sides, I don't think it changes dramatically. I mean, your stance changes obviously, but you work both sides out of your left tackle stance, you're gonna work both sides out of your right tackle stance. It's not a dramatic change. So the most most mostly I was looking for just kind of his pass pro technique and if there was a drop off, and like I said, it looked it looked pretty smooth. So also, I'm frustrated yeah. that they have LC at tackle, Antoine. They do. And he's an 81. Why is LC an 81 and Jonah's like a low 70? Like, how does that even make yeah. sense? How does that so even do make you sense? adjust the ratings to what you think they should be? And- <laughs> I should. I should. But yeah, or do you LC put is LC? the starter in Madden. So if everyone, you know, that's the Bible. So that's what they're rolling so, out week one. I was, I was going to save this question, but you kind of alluded to it where you said, you know, Jonah went – up against a, a lot of uh, elite pass rushers last year when you're doing your your scores and, and evaluations week by week i don't think you do but have you or have you thought about weighting a performance based on the competition um, which might be hard to do because you know yeah, there's not know always the that. same guy like you're up. trying to make him do impossible stuff i know but i was just thinking i was just like you know is it fair to you know knock jonah if he's going up against you know freaking miles garrett you know a billion times versus going against a a second stringer on the texans or something um those aren't like for like at all um i don't know if there is a way to but um that was just something i was thinking about yeah so when i when i first started doing my evaluation system my goal was to get a more accurate like holistic view of how someone was doing so it was like every rep I'm like, I'll grade offense and defense. And then, you know, as we get through games, we'll see how these guys are rated. And then I was like, I don't have time to watch all these freaking defensive players from every team we're playing. It's already taken me two plus hours to go through film. So I'm like, oh, let's use your PFF grade. But then it was like, you know, it's changing every rep. And maybe he's lining up against this guy, but he's actually blocking this guy. And I think it just ended up being a lot. And I think that'd be the dream, you know, is to, you know, grade all your D-line, grade all your O-line, and then grade each other and have that, you know, weighted how many reps am I getting against so-and-so? How am I executing against so-and-so? And that's where I, I kind of tune my grading system, my evaluation system to be more like I, like I do for my kids that I coach, right? Where it's, I'm grading execution, I'm not grading, you know, was it an awesome block? Was it technically sound? Was it X, Y, Z? I'm just, hey, this is what I deemed your job to be on this play. Did you execute it? At what level did you execute it? So that's kind of what my evaluation process is. As much as I did try, I will say I did attempt to do, you know, a more accurate, Hey, you're yeah. going against this player. This player is doing this to everybody else. How are you doing? And it, yeah, no, and that's fair. Wrong. And I think that's that makes sense with you being a coach. It's like it doesn't matter who you're going up against. Your job is always the same. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a great mindset for a player to be in. My connection starting to get bad. So yes. I cut out. I, I might restart here, but I wanted to get this in. I, uh, what did you have on that, Parker? I, and so I'm actually this is the, for this whole conversation is the reason. So I'm doing I'm doing my own stat tracking for the Bengals line this year. I'm actually doing it for my kids too, just so I can get more experience doing it and you know getting familiar with how that goes and what that looks like 
Um, but I haven't, I haven't gone, I mean, I've gone back and watched them all. I've watched them all in the first place. Um, I have in my notes, if I go back to my evaluation, I have my notes up on Twitter, you know, all season. So people can go see, cause I, when I evaluate, you know, I score everybody and everybody that doesn't just get a one, which is just, you know, doing your job. I put a note in there for why I changed the grade from a one. Um, and there was a few sacks that I had labeled as, you know, this is so-and-so or this guy, this will get, I always put, this will get credited to Jonah, but this is actually the fault of, you know, this person. Right. So I, I have heard a lot of people say that it's, it is around eight, you know, anywhere from six to 10 ish is what I've heard mostly seven and eight. So I can't say that that number's wrong, <laughs> but I mean, the number, the official number was like 12 or 13. So. Yeah. I always, I was always under the opinion that Jonah gets a lot of hate because when he gets beat, it looks really bad. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's spinning around in circles and stuff like that, but you know, that's not every rep. It just like, it really sticks out like a sore thumb when he does get bad beat. Um, but moving on from Jonah, um, man, Carmen and Ford are concerning to make the squad. Um, I haven't seen really anything good. Whenever I see Carmen, I'm like, dude, it's awful. What is your take? Is there any silver lining with Carmen or Ford that I'm missing? So starting with Carmen, because everyone knows where I'm at with Carmen. Um, I was actually talking to some people today uh, about how it's funny because he looks so much better at left tackle. And so you had these people popping out like, oh, he looked he looked good. He was yada, yada, yada. Now he's back on the left side. And I'm like, well, he probably only looks good because now he's actually trying because he's playing the position he wants to play. So he, right. you can't just say, oh, he's obviously he's a better left tackle than right tackle because he looks better at left tackle when he's given like negative effort on the right side and given 150% on the left side. So just I'll leave that right there. Everyone else knows my takes on Jackson. I think he struggles. His feet are rough. He's got concrete shoes and – I don't think that's going to change. I got really excited those early clips from camp and from OTAs and yeah. where he was, you know, his feet look like he were, he's moving really well. And then he just gets in games and he makes contact and they die. And so I, you can't do anything with that around the edge. I still think his best potential like Jonah would be at guard, but I don't, A, he doesn't want to play it. So I don't think we're going to get a great effort out of him, which is, that's just a him thing. Yep. Um, but then, yeah, I, I don't know if you keep that, if you have other guys that, have more versatility than a guy that's trying to pigeonhole himself into a position. And we'll see how that goes for his career. Yeah. Before you move on to Ford, I mean, overall, do you think Carmen's issues are just more mental? Cause you talked a little bit about effort. Um, you know, is, is it just mental and just inconsistent effort? And what, what is it in a nutshell with, with Carmen that he's been struggling? Yeah, and I, I don't know him personally, so I don't sure. – I mean, I can't speak to anything like that specifically, but it's more like – I think it's a great example of he tried to get ahead of the curve and it's going to end up biting him in the butt. Because you have guys like Orlando Brown who are like, no, I'm playing left tackle. You have a guy like yeah. Jonah that – I don't know if he was stuck to left tackle, but he wanted to play left tackle. You know, yep. it's very financially based in the league. But those are both proven proven guys in the league. they played multiple years. They've had, they have a record. They have good film that they can put out there and try and push for that. And then you have Jackson Carmen coming in where I almost wonder, I don't know if it's a comfort thing. I don't know if it's a, nope, this is what I want to play. This is where my highest earning potential is. I want to just push it. I'll land somewhere. Um, but it just feels like he wants to, he wants to be that left tackle. And I don't think 
the Bengals, the way they're going, especially with their depth guys, they want versatility. We've talked about that multiple yes. times. I've 100%. talked about that all offseason. So if he's going to pigeonhole himself in the one spot, he's going to pigeonhole himself into a different team. So for sure. Uh, Dale, we just spent the last few minutes bashing Jackson Carmen. Did you want to jump in? Well, I want I'll, I don't know what all was said, but I put out a tweet yesterday. Deontay Smith and Akeem Adeniji, am I crazy that they should make it over Carmen and Ford? Parker, what are your thoughts on that? And if I start cutting out again, guys, like usually it'll show me that it's low. If yeah, I restart, good again, right that's now. what's happening. Okay. I, I, it's, man, I called two weeks ago and it, it was fixed and I don't know. You gotta, you gotta send in a very strongly worded email, though. Fuck you, Spectrum. <laughs> but yeah, what are your thoughts on that? And Adenogy, I don't know. How has he, how has he played to you? Because, I mean, even if, and this is another thing about keeping nine or 10, because Sharping and Trey Hill to me are showing versatility that they're, there's your two inside backups right there. And to me, that's seven solid players. I think Deontay Smith has earned a spot being eight. And then who should be on it after that, honestly? Well, I mean, so to transition, you know, the, the Deontay Smith, Adenogy, Ford conversation, like I said, from when they picked him up, Ford's not a tackle. And I think this week was a great opportunity to see that because I think he's shown flashes at guard. He's shown that he can do some good things at guard. I think he struggles in the run game, but that and that's kind of a problem as an interior lineman. But I think he shows a lot of potential there. I mean, if he was like, a rookie or a second, third year guy, I'd be really excited for him. And he is not. So, not. yeah. So, wait that as you will. Um, but I think he's shown good things at guard. And I actually put a tweet out today, one of my clips. And I was like, because they let Ford play some tackle um, this weekend, it was abysmal, in my opinion. I, it looked uh, just from me, and I don't know, break down O line play, but from my eye test, he failed miserably. Yeah. It, it just showed. And it, it's really, it was a great example of why i said from the beginning that he's a guard because he doesn't have he doesn't have the athleticism he doesn't have the quickness he doesn't have the lateral movement ability he has all these negatives that aren't as important as a guard that are very important as a tackle and so i think the Bengals probably just did that to be like he was probably saying hey i came here as a tackle he said i was gonna play tackle and they're like okay we'll let you go play tackle and then i can't imagine <laughs> The conversation in film after or even on the sideline after is like, oh, you still want to play tackle or you want to play guard? So, I mean, that's how it felt for me. Uh, you want to work at Walmart or you want to potentially be on an NFL team? <laughs> you want to play guard or you want to go find a job at a drive-thru? That's up to you, buddy. I mean, we can play a tackle, but we'll see how that goes. And maybe um, I, I do think I'm, the, not, no, I'm not saying that that's his only options. So just for the record, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. But uh, I do think the, the Smith and Adenogy battle has been really fun. That's been one I've been watching a lot because those are two guys that I've really been a fan of. And uh, everyone knows that I like Adenogy, and everyone in this fan base feels like, you know, besides the select few of us that are sympathizers, hate Adenogy. And I think Adenogy's shown a lot of versatility. He's essentially a four-position guy at this point. I haven't seen him snap, but he doesn't really need to. Because yeah. he can be a good swing tackle. He's played guard. I know everyone hated him at guard, but he can do it if he needs to. He's a very versatile piece, and I think he's looked really good. I think he looked good last year in regular season games. I think he looks good every time he gets an opportunity. He struggles at times, but it is what it is. I mean, everyone's going to struggle. It's the NFL. Yep. But Deontay Smith's a guy that I've been a very big fan of for a long time. Um, traits, dude. Traits, traits, traits. have all been there. Yeah. Like coming out yep. of East Carolina. Is it East Carolina? Yes. I'm not wrong on that, am I? Don't quote me on that. But I think it is. <laughs> 
Yeah, the Pirates. The Pirates. Um, but I, everyone knows his big issue has been health. And I've said for a couple of years now, like, if he could get healthy, I think he's better than Adenogy because he's got a better profile. He's a lot more well-rounded than Adenogy. And you can see that in film. I know people complain about his play strength after week one. Um, but he shows a lot of good things. I mean, you're going to lose a couple of battles here and there. And I think overall he's stronger than Adenogy. I think Adenogy is more balanced, you know, like from a like actual balance perspective. Um, but I think Deontay Smith is a more overall well-rounded player. And that's why I like him more than Adenogy. But again, with the health thing, I honestly would put Adenogy higher on the list than Deontay Smith until he can prove that he's healthy. But I'm not afraid to call up Smith in any situation or even let him battle for that spot throughout the season. So would you keep those two guys and cut Carmen and cut Fort if they keep nine? I think I think I would because Fort because again, Carmen you're is a left tackle. That's all you're, you're gonna get the best out of him at left tackle. You can't put him anywhere else. So that's one position. You got Ford, who's a guard tackle, you know, versatile guy allegedly, but he's not really a tackle, he's just kind of a guard. Maybe you can play both guards. They've only played him on the right side, so can't speak to that, but really you got two guys that can play a total of like two and a half positions. And then you got Deontay Smith and Adenogy. Deontay Smith's been working swing tackle, looked great as a swing tackle week one, looked solid as a tackle this week. And then you have Adenogy who has been a swing tackle previously, has played guard previously. So essentially, do you want to take two and a half positions or five positions? Adenogy looked really good in the extra tackle world when they would bring in yep, a six yep. lineman as well great last year though. before he had to, to do that. Um, so that's another, but like another, you know, feather in his cap for for making the team. I think, and I know everybody. Well, well he had in the Super Bowl and this and then he struck. And like, I get it. I totally get it. Coming in, I said, Adenogy, he can't be on this roster. Like a lot of other people said. Somebody, there's bad O line play around the league. Everyone, you tell me who you're going to get because there's yeah. not going to be somebody cut honestly that is better because they're not going to get cut if they're better. If you, if you let Adenogy go, he's going to get picked up by a team and he's going to be at worst a six guy on that team. Yep. Yeah. Now, Carmen, okay, if it comes down to 10, then is it between Carmen and Ford? Because if we're saying we're keeping, we're keeping um, Adenogy, we're keeping Smith. We're keeping Sharping and we're keeping Trey Hill as our four main backups. That's nine. Now, sometimes they keep nine, sometimes they keep 10. They've done both. Mm -hmm. If they keep 10, who would you keep between Carmen and Ford? Or is there somebody else on this roster that you think deserves to be in that conversation? Well, out of the two of them, I think it's Ford because, again, he's at least one and a half position flexible. He's willing to play tackle, and that's more mm -hmm. than Carmen's willing to play right tackle. So I Ford shown promise at right guard. I wouldn't be afraid to put him in, you know, if Kappa goes down again, put him in between Karras and Williams. I think he'd be just fine because, you know, we've talked about before where the talent around you all raises your floor. So, I mean, if you're putting him in there, I think he does he does fine. Um, I'm not really as worried about him as at a guard spot if we need him in an emergency. That's really, you got a 10th guy. It's, it is what that's what that role is. Um, but like everyone's been saying, I'm I'm a big Ben Ben Brown truther. Yeah. I love Ole ben Miss Brown. man. Uh, I remember it's it's my guy Dane Brugler had him as like a fourth round prospect. Yeah, I like. I, him I, I put out an article about him before he got hurt. Um, well, about how he got hurt last year. He was hurt in college, and then he kind of flew under the radar. Where everyone coming into this year was talking about all these other battles, and I was like, hey, don't forget about Ben Brown. He's coming back. We still need this backup center battle. That was back when. I was kind of low on Sharping after I was high on him going after his first start last year. 
uh, or first appearance. I think Sharping's a good guard. Yeah, like a good left guard, especially. Yeah. And he seems like, he seems a lot better in run blocking than pass. But the fact game. he's able to play center now is what get like raises yeah, sharpening no position yeah. like importance, you know. I think that's I think he earned himself a roster spot by showing that he could be a comp, huh. uh, competent uh, center. And, and does Trey Hill look better at guard or am I crazy? You're crazy. <laughs> he looks better he like than center? No. No, uh, he's bad he, at both like no, Dude, so when I watched when I actually talked about this, where Trey Hill and Max Sharping, obviously they flip flopped after the first quarter, and they both looked better at guard than center, which obviously I mean it's an easier position to play than center. But well, I that's think, what I was saying. The, yeah, the, no, no, I know. I was, I was just giving you shit, Dale. You know, I you don't, can laugh no, at me. No, I didn't know if Trey Hill looked. I was like, to me, he looks better at guard than center. He yeah. also looks thinner this year. He does look really well, not really small. He does look a lot smaller than he did last year, but he moves a lot better. But he also, you see, you kind of see that pop up because he's getting. I posted a clip today where he got blown off the ball like seven, eight yards on a run play, and I was like, "Ooh, that's not good." We'll see it. We'll see it. Center. No, he was a guard. (laughs) 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 But yeah, no, I. They both look better at guard than center, and that's where I think I'm high on Ben Brown because I think he looks better at center than guard. And don't sleep on Gilliam either. I think he's shown a lot of good things on the interior. Um, I think Gilliam and Brown are really the best backup options for that center position, but I think they're again they're looking for versatility. So yeah. that kind of knocks Gilliam because they haven't really been using a, using him at guard. Not that he can't do it, but they just haven't put him there. I don't think he's kind of I don't think he's in that battle. I think he's a practice squad guy. Yeah, um, just because I mean it's a crowded room right now. Yeah, basically whoever would make the ten spot if they do ten should be booted out when Collins is healthy enough to play. Correct. And do yeah, you think um, they keep Collins yeah. in his salary still? Because I know that's been a, you know, they still, you still got to, are they going to pay a guy, whatever it is, it's like a base of what, four and a half to five million. Are mm-hmm. they going to pay a guy that to be a backup if Jonah's playing well enough that they don't think Collins is going to fill that spot at that point? Yeah, I think Collins is good because, again, he's a, he's a you know, position versatile guy where he can play guard and tackle. I think he's better guard than a tackle, and I think he's a fine tackle when he's healthy. So, I mean, once he comes back, you're booting that 10th guy. And that's why I say yes. I think they keep nine and then just add the 10th guy later in. Because, I mean, don't think about last year. I mean, there was or a an injury like, happens or yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. I, that's how I think it plays out, too. I would keep nine. I'm with you. Because they got down to like, what, like 48 guys on the roster at a couple points last year. Like, they just they didn't care. They didn't bring anybody on. They didn't pull anybody up. They're just like, yeah, it is what it is. Well, they only keep, what, eight active on game day? Like, that's like consistent, yeah. I feel like. They only have eight active on game day, so what's the point of always having ten on the roster if if your tenth is complete ass like a mm-hmm. Carmen or so Carmen's yeah, I, gone I, right? Like a lot of people still have him maybe making the roster just because he is a second round pick. Do you think that you he has any trade value even? Well, that's why I think they're trying to they're trying to put him out there playing both tackle spots. I don't think they care about helping themselves anymore because they have Smith and Adenogy who've shown a lot, a lot of good. That's where I think they're more putting him out there like, hey, you should probably put some film out there. Yeah. Try and help us out a little bit. Let's get some value out of you. Let's try and Billy Price you, you know? Yeah, I I just don't even know because it's almost like the more he plays, the film, and and like the theory theory (laughs) of it sounds good. And then it's like, we're going to play him. We're going to showcase him. But the showcase is not there. Jake Browning's best play is Jackson Garbin's worst play. 
I mean, Jackson Carmen had some good plays on the, like he's not he's not a garbage player, but I mean he's no not a, he's not. I don't really this this team's elevated itself, and that's what, again he I think he could have some value for some of these guys. I mean it's an it's an O line hungry, it's an, o, o, an that, offensive tackle hungry league, so he's got value for somebody. Yeah, but, like, left he's tackle. Only hurt himself at this point. It's, it's going to be strictly at left tackle, and even then, he's just not consistent is at all is the problem. Um. Antoine here, off topic, but back to like tight ends. And if Chalk was here, especially, he oh, would be gosh. heartbroken right now to have to deal with this. Darnell Washington, his love from Georgia at tight end, he's oh. causing some problems. But he's oh. a big old boy. He is. I, we'll see how he, he does. I'm interested to see if he can stay healthy. You know, yeah. those, some of those bigger guys just that's what that's big worries about Coons. I saw he got brought up earlier. So. Yeah, the fact that he fell, he has to have some medical red flags. Like he, well, he had some, he had some coming in, and he's he's big and he's lean and doesn't really have a lot of mass on him. Darnell Washington's a big boy, yeah. so I mean, he can take some hits, but he also, he's, I mean, he's going to be harder on his body as he moves. So, yeah. we're going to flip it now to the defense. We may we may get back to O line because we know Parker he may not be able to help himself and just have to talk O line at some point. Well, now that you're going to defense. I'll get out of here. You guys have a great time. <laughs> you're not going anywhere, Parker. We locked it, so you I can't mean, leave. Santori, we could probably get you a link if you wanted to come in, and you could just you know sure. stare at his beard and why you're on here. I was so raggedy today, man. I didn't did not get ready today, and I need a shave in a bad way. So defense, we actually saw some starters. Unlike the offense. I mean, we saw Jonah, but starters played a series. Atlanta was driving right down the field, even though they had like 73 penalties, I said. That was impressive that they made it that far with like 30 yards and penalties in four plays. Yeah, they just kept getting in their own way. But uh, it ended with an interception. Like we've seen a lot with lose defenses. You bend, you don't break, and you end up making a play or you hold a team to a field goal. It happened time after time after time through these last couple years. Cam Sample tipped the pass. Hilton got in there. The fucking Falcons broadcast driving me crazy that I had to listen to. That was awful, by the way. And then Osai, baby. Joseph Osai got an interception in preseason. You love to see it. And then my other thoughts from the starters was just, uh, and we'll we'll break down each position, but this was just kind of that first series or two. Cam Taylor had three tackles in like one series. Like the man is just a tackling machine and he's great in coverage. Yeah, I, I really think he's going to be a pro bowler sooner rather than later. So anything that stood out to you on that first drive, I, I'm not going to make a big deal that they marched down the field. It looked, I will say one thought I had was the miscommunication almost where we, it seemed like we didn't know what was going on getting lined up and this and that a little bit on that drive. I know it's preseason. I'm not stressing about it. Just pointing out what I saw. Yep. I wonder if Bell and Bates absence is going to be a little more than I hoped it would be early in the season, because I do think that those guys help get everybody in place. I thought Logan would do that more, but Lou likes his secondary to do it, and that's a very young and new secondary as safety, if that's the case. So what were just your thoughts of the starters, guys? Yeah, I I, I had a note down that just looked uh, disoriented at, at times. And... Um, yeah, so I, I think there there's a possibility that they could start off slow. I agree with you, Dale. Like, it's freaking preseason. Um, you know, I, I'm not putting a ton of weight into it. 
but it's a lot of new faces and these guys are still working to gel together and that's what this offseason and preseason are for um but overall i mean i was really encouraged i thought the guys who looked good i expected them to and um there's nobody i'm rooting for more than joseph osai after last season ending i was so happy for him it's just like yes like that is just going to be just from a mental perspective just that's got to be such a lift in his self-esteem and going into the regular season so happy for him i have to agree with antoine's point here too falcons look like they game plan they did a lot of uh you know, play action with Ritter and getting him on the move, yep. which I thought was smart by them. And it looked like we just come out vanilla-ass defense because, Great. hey, we just don't give a shit because it's preseason. So definitely not worried all, overall as well. What were your thoughts, Parker? Yeah, no, I, I, I think I agree. I mean, it's like you both said, they, they look a little disorganized, but I almost wonder, like, that's one of the big things why people – are, I think, harping on the whole, you know, get your starters in in the preseason, let them knock the rust off, let them, you know, get yep. those live reps and, you know, yep. see, see how that goes. And I, that's where I think I don't I don't disagree with that point um, because I wouldn't be surprised if those starters came out and it was more just we're going to our base stuff. We're going to see – we're going to get on the field. We're going to get everybody organized, get these guys used to, you know, organizing the defense, calling plays and shifting the stuff around. So I wouldn't be surprised if they really just came in and they didn't care and they were just like, hey – we're going to get out there. We're on our base stuff. We don't really care what the Falcons are doing. We care what the Browns are doing. So we're just going to go out there, yeah. get our reps in, get used to being around each other, get used to playing with each other, and then move on. So that's kind of – yeah, those are my only takeaways. Antoine stole my thunder, so, you know, I'll give that to him. But, uh, no, it was I, – I think they were fine, though. I think they looked good. They still made plays. They were still out there running around. And I think, honestly, after having the starters out there, I think the depth guys really came out. They played with a different energy, it felt like. They did. Yeah. I agree. I like Krebs' comment. To, not to go back to the line for too long, but for the podcast listeners, I think Jackson Carmen couldn't block somebody from Twitter. That's, that's pretty fucking funny. This hey, you got a lot of athletes on Twitter. You know, I I heard they're taking away that functionality. Did you guys hear that? To block someone on Twitter? You just can't block them, so you can say whatever you want. You yeah, can block you can only DMs, you. You can that you can only view you at, and you can block DMs. Yeah. Centauri wants me to eat ice cream off of him. Well, that sounds like a good time to me. Oh, God. And Ronald Best here. I like DJ Ivy play. We'll Ooh, get there. Yeah, we are cool. getting. We are going to de- We're yep. going in order. D line linebacker. We are getting to the corners. So, if you got time to stay tuned, if not, you can always check us out on YouTube at any time. You can go back and watch any of our old episodes. We have old episodes with people like Ted Karras, Clark Harris, Brad Robbins. Shane I mean, Graham. we have been fortunate. Shane Graham, we've been fortunate to interview some awesome people. Dan Horde, like, just, um, I don't know why or how, but we are very thankful for that, by the way. For sure. Even yesterday, Matt Hamilton from FanDuel TV that works with Kay Adams on a daily bit. And then Kay Adams, oh, my God, did you guys see that Kay Adams yes. was like, how did my yes. guy, she like, she like retweeted? You're big time now. You're big time now. No, I wouldn't say Dude, we're big time was... because we still make zero million. But I was so sad I missed that show. I was like, um, well, I can retire now. I can retire from my actual job and do this full time. Yeah. No. Let's go. Uh, That would be great. But anyways, (laughs) D-line. Dominic Davis continues to impress. I don't know if he has a roster spot because of Josh Tupo. And he is 27 or 28. But good Lord. 
let me get him to the practice squad again because if there's any injuries, I would feel very comfortable with, with Dominic Davis having to rotate in and get some snaps in live action. The man is just a little meatball, and I love him to death. So he had another five tackles last night after putting tons of pressure on last week and recovering a fumble. Love me some Dominic Davis. And um, then also Tufele then. I think Tufele, 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 I don't Tufele. know. I can never say, I always say his name. He's a local man down the street from me. Either way, the man. Tufele. The man. Likely, I think he's going to have a spot sealed up, and that's why I think Davis ends up on the practice squad. Raymond Johnson, the third, just continues to make play another uh, plays another guy. I hope makes it to the practice squad because I don't see him making this fifty-three. But he's all he does is make plays the last two preseasons, and then Jeffrey Gunner and him teamed up for a sack. And then Owen Carney out of Illinois also had a sack. I think those are all practice squad candidates, except maybe Jeffrey Gunner. So just in general, D-line thoughts. And then if we want to get into kind of how how do you think Dominic Davis, the Tupos, the Tufeles, the Raymond Johnsons, Jeffrey Gunners, who makes the roster of all that crew? Yeah, I... Uh... It's interesting because it's like I've had a lot of conversations with people where our the Bengals second string D line could be a starting D line. So like when you start getting down the depth, like you have a lot of quality guys that are gonna end up getting not making the team and they're gonna get picked up. Their team I wouldn't be surprised if people just target the Bengals cuts because they've proven to do so much with their D line, where the depth is such a high quality at such a high level. I do. I do like Gunner. I like Gunner quite a bit. I do, for the record, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. But, you know, I think I think it's gonna be interesting to see who they who they do keep because and who they think they can sneak. It's um, a deep D line. It's a very deep. Yeah. Like how, they, how many do we typically keep? Ten. Okay. You want nine or ten? Yeah, just to keep and especially if they're gonna if they feel confident they can rotate them, um, like everyone's been talking about, and kind of like teams like the Niners and the Eagles do, where you're getting. Nine guys, but nine guys have 250-plus snaps throughout the season. So let me run through some names. All right, so we obviously have these four that are, you know, 100 million percent making the team. Hubbard, Reader, Hill, Hendrickson. Uh, then you have Sample, Tupo, Carter, Osai. Yeah. Are any of these guys not making the team? I think they're all good. That, that's, that's why I'm saying it's not about the starting not the line right there. Or- yeah, or I mean, Basham or, or so then, anyone else, and then beyond that, deep. you have Miles Murphy. Yeah, he, he might make the team. team. That's already nine, and so then it's you got two Fale, and then you got you know all the other guys that you just mentioned. Um, you know, your Jeff Gunter, Basham, Carney, Davis, Johnson. Uh, so there's to one me, other it comes down to you keep six DNs and four uh D tackles, or do you go five and five? And I think they go five and five because they did it last year. And I think that fifth is to Fele, and that's how it shakes out. And that's unfortunate for somebody like Jeff Gunner, who I was. Yeah. I, I loved that draft pick in the seventh round because I had a fourth, fifth round grade on him. And if it wasn't for injury, the man, you know, he blocked a field goal or punt, whatever that was, against Miami. He was showing flashes. Like he was active last year as a rookie early on in the season. I love Gunter. I do think Basham even could be solid, but the injury, I think, is going to knock him basically off the roster because we haven't seen him right yeah 
as far as I know, he's still out. It's um, it sucks. I mean, it's a great problem to have, but I mean, like you were kind of saying, Parker. I mean, it's just like, God, our depth is really damn good at D line. Like, holy crap! Like until you said that, I was like, I gotta pull up this depth chart, and now I'm looking yep. at everyone. I'm like, damn. There's no spot. I don't. I don't want to cut any of these guys. <laughs> Cam Sample's not going anywhere, and he's your fifth D. Yep. Correct. I mean, him, Murphy. You can you mm -hmm. can debate who's actually fifth and who's fourth in that order. Yeah. Because to me, I think Sample is really your four. Because once again, that was something we were looking for. Murphy to to make some plays. Yes. Did you guys see Murphy do anything again? No, I still I still need to see him expand his toolbox, expand his he's gotta he's gotta use some moves. He's gotta have a plan. Like I just I feel like he's still just running into guys. I, I mean he's he's decent at what he's good at, but I, I just I, he need to see more out of him. Just I need to see him expand his toolbox and show that he can be an NFL D lineman. Yeah, and he's, he's but not he's not going player. anywhere. He's 21 years old and he's a first round pick, but yeah. I think I think he's a game day inactive the first few weeks. I've been yeah. saying that. I Yeah, could be. I think he he's going to be on the roster, but if you got to cut down a few guys on that game day, well, I think Murphy's going to be one of them. Right well, now. Oh, and Antoine said Murphy. Yeah, no, he didn't play this week. He played yeah. just from okay. week 1. Yeah. Let, let, okay. Well, that makes me feel because I just thought, man, I don't remember Jack Shepard. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't remember Murphy's even. Thank you. I didn't see ninety nine. <laughs> but I, I do think it's interesting, and I think the conversation, especially with these, you know, these deeper position groups that the Bengals have, what you have to ask yourself is like, these guys that we may like, and we may like like the player for whatever reason, sure. but it's how how do they make it? Like, who do you pull off to put them into the group? Are they better than that tenth guy? Are they better than that ninth guy? Like, are they, are they worth keeping around, or are they worth the risk to let go? And that's where the Bengals have eight guys that they can't let hit waivers because they will not come back. But they have right. this next group of guys that they can let go. Some of them will probably get picked up, but some of them, I mean, they stuck a few guys through last year. They stuck a guy, a few guys onto their practice squad last year. Yeah. So and that's one that you get good one Stanley Morgan or. Thomas that they let go and then resigned immediately. Uh, it was Trenton Irwin. Oh, it's Irwin. You're right. Well, I totally forgot about that. And Mike Thomas. Yeah, but, Mike uh, Thomas. That was the one I was thinking of. Uh, but yeah, a good problem to have having a deep D line. Uh, but it 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 it's just like, oh man, they didn't keep this guy who flashed all. It's like you can't. Yeah. Who are you getting? You can't get rid of these other guys. But you yeah. hope to stash them on the practice squad. Injuries come up. You feel good about these guys. They've shown flashes. They can step in, especially the ones that have been here a couple of years, like the Dominique Davis, the Raymond Johnsons, the Jeffrey Gunners. Uh, he's one I'm afraid will get scooped up not keeping yeah, him because probably. I do. I think his ceiling is so, so high, and <clears throat> I'm going to be sad when we lose him Yep. if we lose him. But maybe. You see, you think guys aren't going to make it through, and they do Moving to linebacker, one guy I didn't mention, friend of the show who's been on, Marcus fucking Bailey, baby. Put oh, some yeah, respect man. on his fucking name. Yes, sir. I think he'd be a starting linebacker anywhere yep. else. Other than here. Most places. I won't say anywhere, but a lot of other teams he'd be a starter. And here, he's not even our third. We we play two main ones. He's not even our third because of Keem Davis yep. Gaither. He's our fourth linebacker here. He showed out. Yep. He should have had an interception. I'm sure he's kicking himself for that. But he played good against the run, good against the pass. He has speed. He has he's special teams staple. And what I liked is they sent him on the blitz a couple times, and he was called wrecking havoc doing that. So 
I want to shout out Marcus Bailey. What were your thoughts on Marcus Bailey? Keandre Jones also had a sack, and Bocce, who got dinged up week one, was back with five yep. tackles. I think that position set with the top five, Bocce being the fifth. Keandre Jones, uh, Shaka Hayward being your practice squad, guys. You hope to get him there. But Marcus fucking Bailey, guys. Come on, let's get the hype train going. I was so fucking excited for Marcus Bailey. Um, you know, of course we add him on, so you know, I'm probably biased. But he plays but goal line too. He is like he, he is a goal line oh, player. For sure. He will be in there at goal line. Yeah, it's not like he's much. just warming warming the bench. Um he, hey, he is remember when really... Sam Hubbard got that touchdown, everybody? Oh, who yep. made the block? Oh, that was fucking Marcus, Marcus Bailey, Bailey in the playoff game. Mark Andrews. Choo choo. Uh, the hype train, baby. Marcus Bailey. He he just love you, he, he looked amazing. I was just like Man, you know, in that alternate universe where Pratt didn't resign, um, you know, that's what I thought might happen is that Marcus Bailey could be playing for, for a starting job and he could have done it um, and still might one day. Um, but obviously our, our linebackers are are locked up and I'm happy that we have this amazing depth, just like at D-line where we got Wilson Pratt, Bailey, ADG. Um, and like you said, Batchy uh, is pretty pretty much locked up for for that position but yeah super happy for marcus bailey he looked awesome yeah i just like you said this is it's another it's another group where we somehow retain both of our returners like returning starters and now we're just extremely deep all right i don't think we had i mean obviously there's concerns there's gonna be a drop off i don't think anyone was like crazily concerned about you know who had filling in with adg and marcus bailey so i don't think I just I, that's a crazy group, and they can do some fun things with all the all the multiple packages they can pull out with all these linebackers, all these D linemen. It's I'm excited to watch the front seven or you know front eight, whatever it is, depending yep. on the situation this year. Because I mean, they have some legit talent that can go, and they have some guys that just are back. I was due, due to a you know surplus of wealth at talent of talent on this defensive yep. front. So i mean i'm just i love it i just love that that's their awesome. defensive front seven is so talented I, that's all i have to say because they show out every freaking game they play and, I, yeah. and i've noticed a shift from a lot of the times we're talking about offense we're just like man i hope our starters stay healthy because the guys behind them fucking suck and now defense we're just like we are good and i mean that, that shows a lot just how we've drafted recently i mean we have drafted heavy on defense we've invested a lot and it is paying off and like we retained the best we... free agent, Joe. Yep. We retained yeah. the best free agent. His name is fucking Lou Anarumo. And happy birthday to Lou. I think his birthday. Happy birthday, Lou. Yeah. Fucking, Cheers. you deserve all the drinks you want to have this weekend, Lou, because you're the fucking man. And you we fucking man. love you. I love Lou. Shout out, I love Lou. Him so much. Hope he's here forever. Yes. I love him. Defensive back. A little shaky last week at corner. Safeties look phenomenal. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk a little about last week and mix in with this week, and then we'll talk uh, roster spots. But first, let's just go kind of players that stood out, and then we'll just break them down one by one because I think these guys deserve the love. I already mentioned Cam Taylor Britt, Mike Hilton with the play, so not a, and Cheeto's not even back. Like that, That's just to show the depth to start with, mentioning that. DJ Burner, Juan Draga, whatever you want to call the man, phenomenal. So good. He's Always in great position. Always there. He's with that first group. I mean, his recovery speed on a tackle on a screen last week in person just, like, made me come in my pants. But 
His ball skills is still a work in progress. We saw that on the Drake London. I don't know that he could have played that any better. And Drake London is a big dude and a freak He's show. A good player. Yeah. But I do think from practice and everything else, I've been saying it all week that he needs to improve his ball skills. But overall, DJ Turner, if we need somebody to fill in, I feel very good about that draft pick and that rookie. So let's just we'll start with DJ Turner. What have you guys from practice and the first two preseason games saw and thought about DJ Turner? Yeah. I, go ahead, Parker. You go first. Yeah, no, so no, you're no. both so fucking excited. You both want to talk. Yeah, about I love I love DJ Turner. He's awesome. No, it's it's, it's crazy because. I was so excited coming into this year because of all the speed they have on the back end. They may have been young. There's a lot of there was a lot of question marks, but I was I I said from the beginning that it's crazy what you can do as a defensive back with speed because you might not be the best technical guy, you might not be the best at tracking the ball, but these guys are always by the ball. They're always making plays. They're always in position to make plays, and that's something that DJ Turner really capitalizes on. Where like you said, he's not the best at tracking. You know, he's he's great at getting his head around, great at still making the play, maintaining a good relationship with the receiver. But he's always around the play, no matter where it is, no matter what it is, he's always there. He's he's just flying around. That's what I wanted to see out of this group of young guys that are just crazy fast. And they, that's what they do. They just fly around back there where I think that's going to help this defense over the long term where they might have these issues with the younger safeties or the not – you know, they haven't been in the system for very long, whatever you want to yep. look at it as. But just the speed that they have on the back end is going to save them in some situations, I think, where they might blow an assignment, you know, for one reason or another, but right. they'll be able to recover. I mean, think about that Dax Hill play in week one. So yep. that's all I wanted to say because I love the speed. It's the only position that I actually value an RAS score. I just love to see it. Yeah. Yeah, you, you took a lot of what I was going to say. I mean – DJ Turner is DJ fucking murder. I mean, he's everything is advertised. He's everything I hope for. It's just like he is a phenomenal athlete. And he's still a rookie. He's still got parts of his game that need a lot of polish. But, man, he's a fucking track star. And that's what you need in today's game. These guys are fast. And I'm super excited um, for what he's going to grow into. Um, yeah, nothing but great great things it's uh it's looking like a home run pick knock on wood yeah another guy i wanted to mention was jalen davis because as we all the numbers and even before the preseason the preseason game one a lot of people like oh maybe it's not maybe we're not that deep at corner but jalen davis no one ever wants to mention him but i always made sure to mention his name because he's been here and they signed him to a two-year deal for a reason He's just a solid veteran that is strictly a slot-type player to back up Mike Hilton. I fully think he makes this roster. Would you guys agree with that as Mike Hilton's backup? I would. I just wrote next to Jalen Davis's name, rock solid. Um, You know, he doesn't jump off the page like, like, you know, DJ Turner or these athletes, um, but he's just solid. Like, he's doesn't make any awful mistakes or decisions um you know he's he's just solid he's a a sound tackler and um i uh i like him he had a sack and five tackles by the way just to give his stats yeah he's got a linebacker stat line and he's playing big and corner bro (laughs) (laughs) i think think the best thing about him is where you have these very high-end athletes, young high-end athletes on the back end, young in the NFL, 
still still learning a lot and what you need to really balance out the highs and lows that you're going to experience there is a consistency and that's where i think he provides a lot of that he's a very consistent guy like joe said and i feel like he can kind of stabilize that back end they know what again they know what they're going to get out of him and what this team needs out of its vets is consistency because they want to start swinging on some of these high high end profile players at multiple positions so what they need to counter that is consistency and that's why i think guys like him are just him and Cheeto are just guys that are really going to balance out this defense and really going to make this back end lethal. Now, for like to me, or if they keep six or they keep seven, is interesting in the for the cornerback strictly at this point before we get into safeties. DJ Ivy, I thought didn't have a real good first week, but we've seen a ton of clips from practice where he's yes. shown up and been a very very good seventh round. Dude, he's everything you could hope for in a seventh round pick with his pterodactyl arms, making making plays, you know, making plays against some damn good players that play in the NFL and practice every day. But he ended up with four tackles and he had that pass defense that everybody will remember that basically saved the game. They catch that, it's over. He played that perfectly. Like Atlanta was like, oh, he had him. And he just was like, no, DJ Ivy was step for step with him and knocked the ball away. It was just a day at the park for him and he played it good. The moment wasn't too big for him. That was good to see because I thought week one he might have had some jitters and the moment was too big for him under the bright lights when he had yep. been playing well in practice. To me, I think he's solidified if they only keep six. He's six. I think he, he's he got enough skill. You can't risk putting him as a cut because I think somebody takes him. He's too talented of a player. Too much there to develop to risk losing. And then if they keep seven, I honestly think I would take Alan George over Sidney Jones at this point, even though Sidney's the veteran and it's only the second year. So between those three, you guys can start with Ivy or just between those three. How do you see that cornerback shaking out with whether it's six or seven? I'll let you start, Parker. Oh, boy. Um, Well, I think when you're looking at who you're going to send to the practice squad to start, um, you want to retain on your roster – the high ceiling guys, the high floor guys, you can let go. You're going to lose a couple of them because some teams just need it. Like we talked about consistency. They need kind of that guy that's going to be stable for them, but you have to keep the high ceiling guys and see if they pan out. And that's where I think I love DJ Ivy making the team just because he has that potential. And I just think he, again, he's not the most, he's not the most sound player. He, he gets burnt sometimes often, but he has the ability to recover and make a play on the ball. He has a, the ability to recover and just finish the play. That's where I think that's what the Bengals are really – if you look at the profile they're building on the back end of their defense, that's the guy they want. That's where I think we've all talked about the, the Sidney Jones situation where that's not ideal currently for a multitude of reasons. Yeah. Um, but I think I mean, out of those three, DJ Abbey's the obvious pick, and I think Sidney Jones would be my third. So I think they'll try to get Allen on the practice squad, honestly. I think I like AG, but I just – I do too. I, I – He's very good. He showed up last year as an undrafted guy and done everything right. It's one of those situations where it's like, and I, I love that it came up in the Detroit Lions hard knocks, but it's like you, you as a player, you have to, you know, find a way to make them keep you or make it hard for them to let you go. Yeah. I think he's done a great job of that where I think he's got a great, he's a great, you know, just character guy. And then he's also a hard worker. He's doing all the right things. He, he's might, he might end up losing the battle purely from an athletic perspective. So, yeah, I mean, overall, my biggest impressions from the corner room 
have been the DJs. DJ Turner and DJ Poison Ivy. I mean, I'm I never expect much for these, you know, really late round picks. I'm just like, yeah, they'll be borderline make the team. They're probably practice squad guys. He's really impressed me. Um, and I didn't realize just like how long this guy was and how good he is just about just breaking, breaking passes up just cause he, he's got these freakishly long arms and he knows how to get in position properly. Like, He's still raw, and that's why he went so late. Um, but I'm really excited about him. I'm super excited about DJ Ivy. I will be pissed if he does not make the team and someone else picks him up. Yeah, that's going to uh, be the one this year that really. I hurts would be. Me he... I would throw something across the room. Him and Jeff like Gunner. Him said, and Jeff Gunner yeah. as the second year guy. Then. Yeah, like you said, Parker, his uh, ceiling is sky high. Um, I mean, he he's a playmaker. Can he put it all together and become a starting corner one day? We'll see. But, but even if he wasn't a starting, I think he could slide over and be a good safety. Yeah. I think I think he can he play that Trey Flowers role of guarding the tight end, where maybe That's a really he good point. Maybe he can't keep up with every speedster, but he could play that role. Yeah. Like I, I just I don't want to lose him. I think there's too much there. Agreed. That is the one guy that he's number one on my list. Like, please don't cut him. I think just one more just interesting point to make about just the cornerback room. It's one of those spots, just like O and D line, where how many got how many outside corners do you keep versus how much depth do you want at the slot position? How many of those hybrid guys do you want around? How many, you know, corner safeties do you want? Just kind of looking at those versatile guys that can move into other spots is something that I think. It's interesting to think about too, just in that conversation. Just yeah, well, I think that's why Jalen. I think Jalen Davis makes it because he's the main backup, and that they're going to start Dax Hill at one of the safety spots. Yep. But worst case scenario, you move Dax Hill, and then you play a Nick Scott and Jordan Battlemore, and the guy who I wanted to talk about at safety, superstar of last week, had another five tackles this week. Special team stud from Toledo, Tyson Anderson. He looks like he belongs in the NFL. He really does. Size, um, speed, he's got it all. Thoughts on him? Yeah, he um, – a lot of people in the offseason were talking him up when it was like, who's going to replace uh, Bates and Bell? And they're like, hey, we got Tyson Anderson. I was just like, eh, I mean, do we? Is that yeah. really good enough? Have we seen it? Have we? I mean, I was, I was really lukewarm on it. Not that I thought he was a bad player. I'm just like, I just – I haven't seen it yet. He's – he, all right, I will give some credence to to those folks that were uh, banging 100%. the Tyson Anderson drum because he looks good. I think one of I think one of them was Ace Boogie. So he was, yeah, Ace for sure was Ace. one of them. Shout he out Ace! Over, like, I'm still yeah. glad we brought in other guys, but yes. Tyson looks like he belongs and he might be something special one day, and that one day might not be too far off. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, see how he develops and yeah he i think he's definitely locked up a uh a roster spot yeah i don't want to i don't want to say i was the tyson anderson truther because i wasn't but i was a big advocate of give this guy his shot let him try and earn that starting position bringing a guy that can compete with him not a guy that can replace him because i i loved his i loved his profile i loved what i loved his potential but he was a, he was a low production guy at toledo yep. He was kind of hit and miss, you know, but I was like, you know, I want to see what this guy can do 
in that, you know, in that full-time role. Let him get as many reps as he can. I don't want him to be in a deep battle where he's limited on weapons. I think he's a he's a guy that's going to need the experience and just need, you know, those live bolts over and over again to really feel comfortable in that role. But I think he's shown a lot of promise. And I, you know, again, I'm not, I wasn't a truther, but I feel good that I liked his stock early. I was definitely a buy early guy on Tyson Anderson. I'm glad that yeah. he was I definitely thought I, he wasn't going anywhere. I didn't yeah. know what his ceiling is. And now I feel like I've seen it a little more to speak on it. Definitely but a I high variance guy. Yeah, I think his ceiling is higher, but all the reports were special teams, special teams yeah. plays all. And there's a place for size, speed, special teams in the NFL. You're always going to have a role for those guys. Did we keep four safeties last year or five? I, I, I think it. I think it was. Was it only four? And they got rid of Mike Thomas, but brought him back. Yeah, that's what it was. We got rid of Mike Thomas and then brought him back. But and I, yeah, I wonder if Mike Thomas is still here. Um, I because you you got Scott, you got Hill, you got Battle, you got Tyson. Yeah. Um, I had said earlier, I think that they do what they did with him last year. They cut him and they bring him back. But I'm starting to think that there's just not the roster spot for him this year, unfortunately. And shout out Uncle Mike because he got emotional about how well Tyson played uh, last week. Knowing that that could be his roster spot. He's a real one, man. That's a real dude right there. I mean, yeah, he uh, just cares so much about this team and, and the players. I mean... I I would hate to lose him just from a locker room presence guy, and yes. you know, he's a solid role player. He's he put is him on the, the staff. Man. He is that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Put him yeah. as an. But he's a Stanford coach. grad. He owns like businesses. Right. He like he like, has other stuff. Such a good dude. Sorry, Parker. What were you gonna say? No, you're good. I was just I I was listening to the Bengals Booth podcast the other day, and I, they were talking to Tyson Anderson about uh, well, I guess he was talking to Tyson Anderson about kind of that relationship with Mike Thomas, especially you know going through what he went through last year and kind of how that helped him get to where he is now. And that was just a great listen and just about the leadership and just the camaraderie in this entire locker room that we talk about all the time. Yeah. I think there you, you you can get worried when you have these really solid veteran presences in your locker room. And if you're on the verge of, you know, losing some of them for whatever reason, um, there can be a concern with these young guys maintaining that. But I think the, especially Mike Thomas, like, these guys are going to carry on that culture, and they're really going to enforce that. And that's really been, I think, set in stone. I, I just love, I just love that guy. I love the culture that this team has, and that's he's one. He's a big piece of that. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they also talked about like Tyson was getting down about the, yeah. the injuries and stuff, and like Mike just kind of was there for him, invited him over Thanksgiving dinner since he's all the way in Cleveland, and you know his fan like he's. I think Tyson said that it's his second big brother. He already has one big brother, and now he has two because of Mike Thomas. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's special. He said it's a lifelong friend slash brother no matter what. Yep. Good now, if you guys don't have anything else on the safeties, going to move on to special teams, baby. We're a special teams say, Did we do all the positions? It felt like we did. I practiced special teams. Good How to see Drew. about special teams, Joe? I know I shouldn't with our boy, friend of the show, Brad Robbins. Yeah, good to see Drew Christman back, you yep. know, after whatever was going on with the medicals that sounded like it could have been he yep. never kicked again. Even I think that was his words. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to put words out there. I don't know what, what happened or whatever. Uh, but I will say 
I do think Brad looked better this week than he looked last week. So the mustachioed masher, the bald bomber, I think it's his job. And I think he's going to be our starting punter. Do you guys agree or disagree? And that's no knock on Drew. I hope he lands on his feet and finds another job. But I think we drafted Brad Robbins for a reason. He's good at pinning inside the 20. And he does have a little better overall leg and hang time when you need it. Yep. And so just overall profile-wise, like I think he's impressed. Whether it's distance, whether it is hang time. I, I have heard that there's been accuracy concerns. I can't speak to that. I haven't really seen. They don't post a lot of full-on punting clips, and I haven't been paying attention to the punts. I yet. thought consistency week one yeah. was the biggest problem. He was not consistent, and I think he would say the same because I've seen him walking off on the sideline looking pissed off a couple of times. I think that just that's something that's going to come with time, and I think I think he'll get there. But I think I think he's the better guy, and I, I have I have I have high hopes. I know it's weird to talk about it, but I have high hopes for his ceiling. You know, for, as a punter. So. Yes, I agree. Yep. What are your yeah. thoughts, Joe? On the yeah, not much to add. I'm he uh, Robbins has looked uh, just like I thought he would. I mean, I I think he's got the the biggest thing, and you sold this to me, Dale, early on was he's got the hang time, and uh, that's looked good. So. No concerns. I don't have much more to break down from a punting perspective because I hope we don't have to do it a lot. Yeah. He's just – I thought he was more consistent this week than he was last week. I, I really feel like it was nerves yeah. first pro game. You can say whatever. It's preseason, but these guys, they're going to yeah. be some nerves, man. It's yeah. still it's an just, NFL game. Yeah. Hey, it's your career. It's your, uniform, jo- it's your job now. It's your job yeah. now, too. You know, this is – Hell, yeah. And when you are in a competition, whether it is or isn't, I know Drew didn't play last week, but it, he's still in that a competition for a job. Yeah. And there's only so many of them in the NFL. There's 32 of them. And of course, Starting. we love Drew. Everything he's doing with DoorDash and everything like that. What what a, what an amazing human being! And uh, I don't think he's going to make our 53, but I hope he just does well in life in general because he's. I- I will say there was one point we were punting out of the end zone, and I thought they should fake this and let Brad just house it like he did in that high school video. It's <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I think I think it's going to happen, but it's preseason. We're saving that. We're saving it. Saving just know it. it's, yeah. coming. it's coming. AFC Championship game. Here he comes. Yep. Yeah. Punting from the end zone. Oh, there goes Brad Robbins. He houses the motherfucker. Game changing oh play. Lose my Dell shit. Comes in his pants. And then uh, we'll mention McPherson. Is there much to mention? It looks like if there was a slump at all last year, a sophomore slump, he's back. He's good. Again. He's pretty good. Yeah. What was he? He hit that 51 yard. That would have been good from 75. So he, yeah. Did he hit a 52 yarder? Was it like a 50 yarder? I, I, I have it down as a 50 officially, but okay. it could have, like Parker said, it could have been whatever you wanted it to be. Yeah. He's good. He's Money Mac. And I, I wasn't worried about him last year. You know, he didn't play as uh, lights out as his rookie year, but that was going to be a hard season to top for anybody. Well, um, once Clark went, the whole yeah. setup just things exactly were, that that whole thing got fucked. They've had plenty of time to work all that through now during yep. the off season, and I guess I'll give credit to Cal Adamitis. I mean, he's an okay long snapper, it seems, and been no issues. Clark would still have better hair, but and stash. And 46 on his jersey, number one in our hearts. He'll always be number one. 
But yeah, Parker, we got to talk about some of the exciting stuff with you now that we got through that. We got that yeah. was a good breakdown, by the way, guys. Congratulations! That us. was good. That was fun. I haven't done one of those like ever, so that was fun for me. Hey, there was uh, sorry there, before you talk about your stuff. There was one name on the O line we didn't talk about, and I don't know if I'll be honest. I haven't been following news as closely as I could, so maybe I missed an injury. What's going on with Jackson Kirkland? Um, oh, yeah. Parker, uh, Parker was if you were following Parker on Twitter today, I, I've been a little tuned. Uh, I he's haven't a big been guy, in, in he's a big guy, undrafted guy. You think, okay, he was decent at Washington, had a lot of injuries. Maybe we got a little gym here, a little undrafted gym. Yeah, was, uh, I, I was so far through two from... preseason games. Parker, I'll let you talk about it. Uh, you know, I was a big Kirkland sympathizer and uh. That's a that's a big L so far. That does not feel good. That's unfortunate. I'll take it too. After, I'll take it too. Yeah, I, I said after week it. two, uh, I think he's a practice squad guy. I don't think he's going anywhere. And then there's people saying that like he's not worth the practice squad. And I, he's an undrafted free agent rookie. Right. I think he still has potential. I, I put an article. I'm about a him. thousand percent still putting him on the practice squad. Yeah, like I I, I, I did a write up about him. You know, during the off season, just about I did him and Ben Brown. And I was like, these are two guys. They can come in and battle it out for a spot. They're two guys I'm very high on. One of them's panning out, you know, more or less. And then the other ones, I'm like, you know, we'll just – we'll sit on that one, let him get some NFL experience with Frank and, you know, just figure it out. But he is not – he's been kind of getting bullied. The game looks really fast for God, him. that he's one clip you well. posted. Yeah. And, and to be uh, fair, he was it. on the move a little, it seemed like. Yeah, but – the, But, yeah. Everything looks really fast for him, and that's and that and that's something that people don't talk about a lot. But when you're going from the college game, especially he was a Pac-12 guy, going to the NFL, like it's the game's a lot faster. And I mean, it's just it, you can tell. And if you don't know what that means, I guess I can go into that more another time. But like, it's just he's he's not processing very well, and he doesn't look like he has great play strength. Like he's just got a lot of a lot of stuff to work on. And I think he can do it. I think he still get there, but I think he's right. more of a project guy. He's a project. And you can't teach size, and he has the size. He's got so it. He's, he's got it. Yep. He's definitely he fits the profile of what they're trying to get. He just needs to needs to use it. It's worth developing for yeah. sure. And practice squad is sixteen guys now. Yeah. Why wouldn't yep. you try? Like, why are you, why are you leaving a spot open on the practice squad, guys? Like, why are we? Yeah, never. Yeah. Why are we doing that? All right. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal your thunder, Parker. What What have you been got going on? What's 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 been cooking and yeah, tell us tell us what we can look forward to with you. Yeah, no, uh, it officially feels like you know football season's here. We just finished our second game with the team I coach, and now I'm getting into you know I'm starting to write for all. Well, well how together. are they looking? Let's start there because so we we had so you have like a preseason game that still counts for your record, so we don't count as a preseason game. But so we we've had two games so far. We're classified as two A in Utah. And then it goes all the way up to 6A. So we're pretty small. We're a small school, less than 600 kids. Um, and then we play two 5A schools, a lot bigger than us, just physically. Wow. Bigger school than us. They have a lot more talent to pull from. Sure. And week one, we won 27-24. And this week, we were actually 30-point underdogs in the local newspaper. And we won 24-0. to Oh, yeah. So that was pretty solid. Good for you, man. That's amazing. Um, I, my, my only goal, so I'm only coaching. This is my second to last year. Next will be my last year coaching. Um, and I, we have a junior running back and my goal is. You set a limit of only coaching a certain amount. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I want to do all this other stuff and just, 
I've had a rough. Okay, all right. Go. We'll get back to the goals. I, I won't. I just do. I'm, it is what it is. Coaching is coaching. It seems. It, well, I coached junior high track for like three years, and <laughs> it wasn't like that was a pretty lax like sport parent wise. Yeah. But I seen I've seen being in teaching profession the way even like junior high football and high school football and parents like suck. how, yeah, they run yeah. it. I don't. I mean, I don't know about your experience, but. Yeah, no, my, my brother's on the team, and he's a junior this year, so I'm going to let it run right out with him. Got and it. When, he, when he graduates, I'll kill it. But uh, I think six yeah. years is plenty. God, I had a great experience. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we got we also have a junior running back, and I, he's got he's got a really high ceiling, in my opinion. So it's my goal to get him, you know, 1,000 yards the next two years. And he, we are still on pace. We are still on pace for 1,000 yards this year. That's all I'm asking. So. That's, awesome, that's awesome, brother. But, yeah, it's been fun. So, yeah, that that's going great. Um, I put up my first article – of the season for all Bengals uh, this week, just recapping week one. I'll be doing, hopefully doing a couple, or at least uh, at least a couple, hopefully a few this week, uh, recapping week two, again, a preview of week three, and then, you know, maybe maybe another, you know, takeaway article. So that's going. And then uh got, just got hooked up with Chatterbox, you know, because I'm not doing enough. Um, so we're doing that post-game stuff. Started last week with Eric and uh, Game On. Um, what they do, we're going to go live, you know, kind of partway through the fourth quarter, have live reactions as the game rounds out, and then we'll do a post game immediately after, still live, just takeaways. Um, I wasn't able to last week because I had a game on Friday. That happens sometimes. But I will be there this Thursday. It will be my first week on Chatterbox, so make sure you tune in Thursday during the fourth quarter and then, you know, post game. I feel so proud. Dude. It's like, it's like my son is doing I so may good. Or may not, I may or may not. Have something else in the works coming to you oh, for week zero, of course. College football. So plus you can subscribe. You Twitter can subscribe. Still, right? I am. Uh, I do have subscriptions available on Twitter as well, or X, or whatever you want to call it these days. So I'm. I keep forgetting out, that it's X. Yep. You know whatever it is. Uh, I think it's funny um, when you see you know bigger brands that still have the Twitter logo instead of the X. Always makes yeah. me giggle. Um, it's but twitter.com so, like you gotta go to twitter.com yeah, still twitter.com i still yeah, type they don't have the x.com yeah yeah I, i'm not typing um, that one in um yeah, so all, what i provide what i provide for my subscribers is so i do my broadcast breakdowns i do you know kind of a recap of, especially of the all 22 and just kind of you know the basic grades that i'm doing um when i get i feel guilty stuff. when you sometimes send me your your grades like i don't parker i'm, I'm a teacher i'm really poor um but well, thank uh, you no yeah all, I, all i'm doing so I, I i do the general grades you know the overall grades and i'm doing the top five run and pass blockers um of the week right now during um preseason um i'll probably you know tone that back and just do like a, like a spotlight guy as we get into the season but then my subscribers are getting the full run pass splits for all the players during the preseason right now and then they'll get the full splits during the season for everybody. They you know, might get the breakdown of the grades of uh, versus certain players, yep. Joe. You will be able to see a uh, player versus player on, if hey. you get the full list of nine guys that are playing or nine plus guys All that right. are playing. And then I'm also doing a lot more of the end zone cut content on my subscription feed. Just trying to, I, I, uh, I set it up a long time ago. I didn't put a lot of content out during the off season. So I'm really just dumping a lot sure. of stuff in there and just kind of putting my cut ups on the open page. So I know people hate the paywall, but you know, to keep my wife around, I got to act like I'm getting paid for stuff. Right. So. <laughs> uh, that's what people don't understand. Like, Hey, I, that's probably why, you know, I'm potentially going through a divorce because I do put all my passion into this and I make zero million. 
Yeah. Zero so I do like don't hate on a content creating person because they want to get paid for the content they push out and put a lot of time and effort into. Like yeah. I've seen people hate on even Joe Goodberry, and I'm like, do you, you all realize he has been on Twitter giving free content since like 2009? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is like, a labor of love. Yes, and, it's a labor uh, of love. But one, you know what I mean. Yeah, at the end no. of the day, we all have bills and people to answer to. If you're Absolutely. married or have a girlfriend or whatever, as a guy or boyfriend or whatever, we don't judge. So, boy, that has a boyfriend. It, it, whatever you've got, some, you know what I mean. And, oh, you're spit. You should get a second job. You fucking spending all the time to trust me. You hear the shit like this. Oh yeah. This so if, a, if somebody, and that's the thing, man, what are you at? Like uh, three to five dollars, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm like, just for my a bunch of shit out I mean? there. So you're just supporting somebody who's working their ass off. They're not asking. And if you can't, dude, don't, that's fine. Just, just move just, on. Yeah. But you, yeah, I you're not entitled see, to anything for free. I hate when I see people bitching about it. It, it yeah. bo that bothers me because I'm like, you gotta understand the time and effort these guys are putting in. Like that's, you know, I understand if you don't have the money. Like, right? I don't have the money to yeah. subscribe to all these guys, and I, I don't have money either. That's why I'm open to subscribers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but I, yeah, I, I mean, have to put a bunch of stuff out, you know, for for free or whatever, just on my open page it's just more of the in-depth stuff you know that way when people if they want to subscribe it's i hope you're subscribing because you want to know more i'm not assuming that i'm not putting just boring stuff out there i'm doing the more in-depth stuff i have a couple ideas i'm gonna roll out this season a lot of my stats that i'm gonna start tracking this season will mostly be on that side just because that's a lot more intensive it's a lot more time intensive but i will still be putting a bunch of content out this season all my articles obviously are free you know all that stuff will come out all these podcasts I'm trying to get involved in are free. I still got a bunch of content out there, but if you do, yeah, we're still getting it for free. Stuff, we can't afford to pay no money. So yeah. when it comes on here, he's doing it well, just for free. So, well, you're 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 coming to Paycor this year, right? Yes, I am. At least one time, and it's already set, right? Nine fourteen. Yeah, we uh, we officially booked the uh, where we're staying. We got we got the flight checked away. We're we're coming. So. Sweet. It is mid-season for me, so it's just a quick weekend trip. It's not the week long that we did last time because I have to get back for practices and I have to be there for the game on Friday. But I, we're coming in sun, Saturday. We're leaving Monday. We're coming in for week two at the Ravens. I'm super pumped to be at the home opener. He's coming in for my fucking birthday, everybody. Nope. That's the only reason. It was just for Dale. It was just for Dale, just so yeah. everyone knows. He was coming into town for your birthday, and he's like, oh, there's a Bengals oh, game, there's a game I guess that I'll weekend? go to that. Might as well go to the game. <laughs> But well, I will we're, we're excited to see you and hang out with you. Yes, sir. Um, Lot one, I'll be there all, all day until the game. Yeah. We don't really, like, advertise our tailgate like, you know, some others. And Well, we don't really have, like, a tailgate. We hang out. Parker, you've we been hang there. out in Lot one. I are, we lying when we say, we actually... are, are we lying when we say, like, oh, we – and Sarah don't have the van anymore, so I don't know how this is going to go. It's like, I think Sarah has an SUV now. But we hang out by Derek and Sarah's SUV. I think we have a flag. We're going to put up a flag. I know Rally yeah. has a flag. I think we have a flag. We're going to we put do. a flag up with our stuff just to be like, hey, yeah. we hang out with this vehicle. Yeah. We hang but near we're not the bomb squad, but we're not. I want to clarify. We are not a tailgate. We're not trying to compete with other tailgates. No. We don't give a shit about any of that. No, it's we're funny because we overtake any. We, we're having our flag in case you want to come say yeah. hi to us. <laughs> well, there would be people that would be like, hey, I'm trying to find you guys. And I'd be like, well, we're close to the bomb squad we're somewhere near this old van 
Yeah. <laughs> Look for the gray van in the parking lot. Look for the idiot in the all orange arrow suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's Some usually fun how uh, when, when we were out there for the Bills game last year, you know, we it was our first time ever being in Cincinnati, being at a game, you know, doing any of that stuff. So we uh we came in with the mindset, you know, we're gonna try and hop around and see where the best spot is to be, you know, what matches our vibe. And it's just we we're not we're not the big crazy party tailgaters either. We just like hanging out, having good food, having good conversation, yeah. hanging out with cool people. That's why I keep telling everyone. All the reason I keep telling people is if you want to come say hi, I want to say hi to everybody that Dude, I can. I, I, no, I, I'm the same way. Like yep. that's and that's why we got the flags. I don't want people to be like yes, because I seen that the other day. It was like, well, I'm, you know, oh yeah, that you guys have a tailgate, and I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was very tailgate. specific that I don't want it to be a like. A, it's not an event. The flags are here because we want to hang out with people that want to hang out with us and people we've got to yep. meet or know through social exactly. media and meet them in person. But yeah, we're not like, yeah, we're not doing all that. But we love it. Not gonna that be Dale Altman trying to tailgate. We love the vibes. It's chill time over there. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that, and that's like we're. I'm just more low key, man. Like some of these are, hey, and good for them. Like, yeah, dude, they're killing it and they're crushing it. Oh, like we we ain't out near the bomb squad. That's, but I, I'm gonna I mean, be honest with you, I, I ain't cleaning up after your motherfucking asses. There's Hell trash no. cans, trash bags. Y'all clean up after your fucking selves, like straight up. I've seen people with these big tailgates, like. They they stay cleaning up like four hundred trash bags, like after the like after a game. Like imagine how dog ass tired you are getting there early in the morning, and then after the game late at night, you're you're cleaning up this corner of a parking lot or or different ones. That yeah. it's like man, y'all grown ass people. Yeah. Um. So my brother here is asking what time is. That's a great question that I have, Dale. It is always four o'clock. Prior to game time. Now, four if hours. you want for what is what's four o'clock prior to game time. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, I've had a few rums. Um it is four hours prior. Yes. But if you want to park in Longworth, which is directly behind lot one, um they're I think they're like fucking any fucking they open time. like well, yeah. I know on one o'clock games they're open at like seven. Yeah. Whereas because Lot 1 I, doesn't open until 9 for a while. I know. Iceman and Matty Meyer would park there some in yeah. the past and then just walk up to Lot 1 because it's it's Too damn it's like Longworth and then Lot 1. It's just on your way to the stadium either way. So. Yep. I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see everybody have a good time. Me too, we, still have, we still have almost a month. It's been a long, long. It's been a month. The game's on like the seventeenth or something. So we're under. We're under a month. We're getting there. We're getting there. there. Yeah, Yeah. can't. We have had football though, and I've enjoyed it. And this week three football, Parker. I don't know how much we're going to be able to break that down because usually, like this is the old week four. Yeah, this is going to be interesting. I don't look for like a side. Anybody making the team basically playing, right? For the majority. Yeah. This is really just a bubble week, you know. Figure out those battles you have. Figure out if Jackson Carmen's sticking around. Figure out if you want to keep Cody Ford. You know, maybe we might see some good D-line play, though, because they need to figure out who their 10 are going to be. I forgot that you were coming in, Dave. My brother lives in Akron. He's lived in Montana, fucking Missouri, all these fucking M states. But uh, he's going to be coming. He lives in Akron now. He's going to come in just to tailgate on that day. So you're going to get to meet my brother. Parker and David, 
I used It'll to be, live in Akron. You used to live in Akron? Hmm? I did. Do you have sex with a lot of hookers? I mean... That wasn't a no. I don't know. I don't think my wife watches this show, but just in case. I, I know. My what's roommate. your number for a lot, Dale? I think that's what Joe's asking right now. Is, <laughs> what's Above Everything's four. real. Or did you have a good cycle of like three hookers? <laughs> like so a one time or? Oh, jeez, big man, Patty. <laughs> hey, if you pay them enough. Yeah. <laughs> Two big red bearded fucks is going to be. You guys are going to love each other. I can already feel it. I'm excited to meet your brother. He seems like a good dude. He's like, he has his beard is like this big. I, I can't I've grow one like it. that big. I miss my beard sometimes, you know? Uh,. David. Not in the summer, though. Not in no. the summer. I know where Ken Moore is. Uh, so I used to live in Merriman Valley. I lived in Medina, Brunswick, um, kind that of sounds, all over that area. Sounds like fancy neighborhoods. Medina. Super fancy. Merriman Valley is where all the bars were. So I lived there when I was like 22 years old. And I literally lived across the street from this just kind of like outside mall of like 12 bars. It was awesome. So you either stayed at the bar or you didn't sleep till the bars closed. It's the bar or the brothel for Joe. Pretty much. Yeah, the bar or the brothel. Those were good times. <laughs> Man, those were good times. You said uh, Medina is very nice compared to... Yeah, Medina... I've seen a... your house, David. Fuck you. <laughs> Medina house, is a your little... Your house could like... swallow my house and my garage. Well, when I say I lived in Medina, I was more like Granger Township, uh, which is like between Wadsworth and Medina, David. I'm so, sure we have a huge listenership from the Akron area. I, the Akron following we have here. I'll talk to you more when we see each other in person. We can talk all about Northeast about. Ohio, except the Browns. Cleveland! <laughs> Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. All right. All right. Well, we're going to end this one. I love you. Been Who day? Been Love you guys. Who Thanks, day? Parker.